Welcome to B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper, brought to you by True. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer. We'll be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Draper. And now, here's your host, Stuart Black. Joining us today on B2B Needs Don Draper is Cosmin Guides, co-founder and head of effectiveness at True, which was named B2B Creative Agency of the Year 2022 by the Association of National Advertisers. So Cosmin Guides, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stuart. It's great to be back. Uh, first off, you've got a new job title since we last spoke, Head of Effectiveness. So what's all that about? Well, it's not really new. I've been in the role, that's been my role within the agency for the last couple of years. We created that effectiveness role um, because we thought that it was really important for the agency to have a really clear focus on effectiveness. I guess the thing that's changed is that I've added it to my LinkedIn job title. Um, (laughs) So well observed. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, as a co-founder of an agency, you have that co-founder title and nobody actually knows what you you do, what your role is. So you end up explaining yourself on every call. So we thought it would be easier if I just had added it to my title. Well, let's explain it here so everybody knows and then maybe you won't have to do it so much in the future. Can you tell us what is effectiveness? So it's probably worth just starting by saying that there are less than 3% of board members who are marketers, which is just an alarming stat. And I, in B2B, I suspect it's even lower than that because B2B organizations tend to be so sales-led. So marketing effectiveness sits at the heart of changing that. It's about elevating the value of marketing within organizations. It's about taking a more strategic view of how marketing can add economic value to companies. Um, and as a definition, um, the IPA define it as the process of improving business performance from marketing activities made easier and more impactful by people, technology, and a strong and clear focus. So it's that business performance piece that, that's most important there. And let's dig a little bit deeper. Some B2B marketers confuse efficiency and effectiveness. How do you explain the difference between those? So I think, yeah, I mean, definitely in B2B, uh, we're so focused on efficiencies. We're so focused on um, making sure that our budgets are working as hard as possible. ROI seems to be the key metric that we are focusing on. And ROI is an efficiency metric. Um, There's a great quote from Peter Drucker, who's considered the father of management thinking. And he, he says that efficiency is doing things right. Effectiveness is doing the right things. So it's about really shifting from efficiencies, which is KPI focus, it's very tactical, it's all about optimizing, um, it's looking at ROI, and it's ultimately that kind of takes you down a path of just being efficient and it's about saving money, whereas effectiveness is really drilling into business objectives, um, being much more strategic, looking at um, investment um, into brand and growth, and really measuring revenue and profit. And so it's very much a growth a growth mindset. So ultimately, when you think about doing the right things, it's about pursuing the right goals. That starts off with really starting off with the business objectives and then working your way down as opposed to really 
um, starting with a budget that may have been set arbitrarily and trying to make that work as efficiently as possible. Uh, And talking about effectiveness then, it's been a big week for True. Can you tell us what's been going on? Yeah, it's been a massive week. It was FWorks Global 22 last week and it started off on Monday night with the IPA Effectiveness Awards and it was our first time entering and we we managed to win two awards which included uh, the first ever special award for Best B2B. So um, yeah, that was pretty special for us. Congrats. Thank you very much. And it's, it's great for a few reasons. Firstly, they are incredibly difficult to win. I didn't realise how difficult. They're, they're widely regarded, regarded as the most rigorous awards for proving the commercial effects of your, of your work across the industry. Secondly, the IPA finally recognised B2B and gave us, gave us our own category, which was really special. And yeah, thirdly, we won the first ever one and no, nobody could take that away from us. So yeah, it was, it was really great. And then um, that started off FWorks, which was a week of um, latest learning. And yeah, it was great. Um, I had the opportunity to speak there, which was a great honour about elevating uh, effectiveness and talking about our entry. Sounds like a, a a great show. So, more generally, what were the takeaways uh, across FWorks Global for B two B marketers? So, um, it started off with Walk presenting the anatomy of effectiveness, which was a really simple breakdown of the most important factors to be considering when you're thinking about effectiveness in general. They talked about investing for growth, making sure you're balancing your spend, aiming for reach, uh, be creative and make sure that you are being recognised as your brand. So it's talked about distinctive assets. Uh, Then we had Les Binet talking about the key considerations for marketing effectively during times of crisis and inflation, which is obviously obviously very relevant at the moment. Um, He really focused on the importance of optimising pricing at these times. So Every, every category is going to be different. So optimize pricing based on demand, supply, which we know is being effective, affected in many industries, um, costs uh, increasing as well. So really pricing being a really important lever for marketers to be considering, considering uh, at these times. And ultimately, that balance of short and long-term investment should be dialed up and down depending on various different factors, uh, which are dependent uh, different for, for every industry, such as what your profit margins are like, your growth prospects, your investment costs. And actually, one of the other things was in terms of the investment costs, um, he talked about the potential for brands to be exploiting cheap media during times of recession. So that's something that um, I think brands should be thinking about during these times it's a real opportunity for brands to win share of voice at a much lower cost than in normal times so you essentially could get a lot more value for money from advertising during these periods well that sounds really interesting yeah yeah and we we had um grace dr grace kite from the advertising research council she works for magic numbers but she's part of the advertising research council and she presented some amazing research on optimizing brand investment and she what was the most amazing about what she presented was that three different separate studies all concluded that brands should be investing between five and 10% of revenue on marketing for the highest paybacks. Now, if you think about those numbers, I don't think B2B brands are spending anywhere near that. I'd say it's more like the 1% mark than the 5% mark. So that was really interesting. Um, and we also had the one and only Sir John Hegarty talking very bluntly about the state of creativity in the industry. 
Um, he, he talked about there being a lack of experience within the industry of people who actually know how to create brand building communications, which is quite an alarming thing to say. Um, but he, and he said that creativity is essentially delivering its lowest effectiveness in 24 years, which I mean, which essentially means we're delivering a less engaging product. Um, and I don't think anyone comes into work every day and says, yeah, I'm going to make my, my work not as good today. Um, so it's really about getting under the skin of what, what's causing that. So tell us a bit more about this issue of uh, marketing in, in the crisis that we all seem to be um, facing at the moment. Well, I think that the, the key thing for marketers to understand is it's very tempting in a crisis for marketing budgets to be cut. Um, marketing budgets don't tend to be seen as operational costs. And so it's a lot easier to um, cut a marketing budget than it is to cut costs from, from elsewhere. So it's it tends to be the one thing that is uh, taken off the table quickest. Um, what all of the research and history shows is that that's the, the wrong thing to do. Brands that cut their budgets d- during a recession tend to suffer coming out of that recession. So don't go dark. By all means, optimize your budgets. But um, like the worst thing that a brand can do is just cut their investment completely. Um, in addition, the opposite of that, because that's kind of kind of a protective way of looking at things, um, like how much should I cut my budget, um, is the opportunity that comes out of a recession. So the fact that you could probably consider the fact that your competitors might be cutting their spend goes back to that thing that I said earlier around this being a really good time to exploit um, ultimately cheaper share of voice. And cheaper share of voice essentially means better growth prospects further down the line and winning market share versus your competitors as your sector recovers. If anyone has any questions around that, we'd be more than happy to to have a chat. Well, let's hope it's um, it's not a big as big a crisis as we all fear and it's maybe just a little blip, but uh, time will tell. Indeed. I mean, it's shaping up to be to not look great, but let's hope so. Uh, and then going back to what you were saying about uh, John Hegarty, um, what's the solution for this problem of a, a lack of creative experience? Um, he, he paints a dark picture, but um, surely there's some light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, I mean, it is. it was a very, very blunt um, statement. But I think the more all we can do is just educate and go back and look at what was effective in years gone by. Um, look at the the research that comes out from System One. I love the way that they they track um, creative effectiveness by the effect of the, by the different um, emotions that are being evoked when someone's viewing an ad, but also the intensity of those emotions, uh, those memory structures. They've got some really great principles about distinctive assets. Um, but yeah, just going back to the old days where advertising was fun, and he it, like in his in one of his charts, he showed that um, one of the questions was, "Do you enjoy viewing ads as much as you enjoy viewing the program?" And that was one of the questions, and it's at the lowest it's been for twenty four years. But just that in itself, like making sure that people enjoy engaging with advertising, is is so important. Um, and that, I think, is probably the, the, the biggest thing that marketers can take away from that and, and creators can take away from that. Again, just get back to being fun. Is there anything else you feel is uh, affecting creativity within the industry? Well, Lando Wood um, talked about the triple jeopardy 
affecting creative effectiveness. And he talked about uh, budgets have moving too much from brand to performance. So I think um, having a bit more focus on on brand building in terms of investment is really important. Um, Karen Nelson Field, as part of the the interview that I listened to, talked about the a massive prioritization on low attention media. So a real shift to more performance media. Um, digital being a big part of that so ultimately less focus on some of those high attention media pieces um, such as video for example and then um, Orlando again talked about a very damaging shift in creative styles so really not focusing on those moments human human moments that really engage and, and make you feel something so that, that was a really good quote actually which he ended with where, where he said for salient sales and lasting effects it's brand building advertising for broad beam attention on attention rich media that we should be aiming for and i think that summarizes it quite perfectly yeah that's something to chew on isn't it so you mentioned anatomy of effectiveness and brands investing for growth. Let's go into that a bit more. How should B2B marketers think about approaching that area? The first thing to say is that budgets really matter. And I think at the moment, especially in B2B, we're being, marketers being set a budget arbitrarily. It, that, that number tends to either be a percentage of revenue, which tends to be too low, or it tends to be just historically what the business is invested in marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, what's important is that marketers start being more strategic when it comes to decision-making around what a business should be investing in marketing. And ultimately, it should come business objectives down. So what is the business trying to achieve in the next three to five years? And really looking strategically about what the investment level should be. And there are different ways of doing that. So the share of voice rule is really, really important here. So really understanding what your competitive set is is spending and then trying to ascertain what you need to be, um, what you need to spend to increase market share. And market share is a really important measure. And I think, especially in these times, it's mark, aiming for market share growth is, is key because it's not, it's not impacted by um, the state of the economy. It's just ultimately you versus the competition who's going to win. Um, and then, I mean, and share of voice can be quite challenging to, to understand because it's difficult to get accurate spend levels of competitors, but there are different things that we can be doing. And there's a great model that we can now use with share of voice being essentially your input. So how much you're investing versus your competitors. And then you have share of search, which is an output, and they both relate to market share growth. And once you start modeling that, um, and you can do retrospective modeling, so looking back over the last five years, how much you've invested, how that's impacted your market share growth, um, and then looking at how that's impacted share of search, you can start to build some really good learnings and start going back to the business with some much more um, considered thinking around investment. So how should we think about balancing spend between brand building and short-term sales activation? So the five principles of growth that the research study that was conducted by Burnett and Field uh, specifically for B2B showed that on average in B2B, we should be investing 46% in brand building and 54% in sales activation. They've also updated that and talked about that that changes category by category. Obviously, it's an average across multiple categories, but in categories where there's high online research 
or um, a lot of the sales process like subscription selling is done online, then that balance needs to shift and be more like 74%, 75% on brand building and 25, 26% on, on sales activation. So there's, these are rough rules of thumb. And obviously it, it really, it differs from category to category. So it's about getting under the skin of that thinking about how long your sales cycles are, for example. Um, if there are really long sales cycles, so people don't change as a vendor for five or longer years, then brand building is really important in those instances. And the balance needs to shift more towards brand in those cases because you're thinking about ultimately attracting future buyers. And that's, the, I guess, the, the key thing for, for everyone to understand that when it comes to sales activation, that's ultimately there to convert in market buyers and then brown building is there to really convert future buyers and it's about a long-term growth plan for the business and research has shown that um 95 the Aroma bass institute talk about 95 percent of buyers in b2b not being in the market to buy at any one time so if you're only focused on sales activation you're only focused on talking to five percent of the market and when you think about it in that way and everyone's just focusing all their spend on that 5%. And um, I think it really frames things. And how much do you think about category reach? How important is reach when it comes to effectiveness? So reach, I mean, it just goes back to that 95% of buyers aren't in your market to buy today. Reach is absolutely critical. It's been shown that a reach strategy outperforms an acquisition strategy when it comes to impacting very large business effects. So those big effectiveness measures such as increase uh, significant increases in revenue, in profit, in market share growth, decreasing price sensitivity reach is ultimately the most effective media strategy. And the reason for that, again, is that we are targeting not just the people that are in the market to buy today, but people that might be in the role in five years' time. So think about that, for example. People might not even be in the job today, but they might be the person that's buying your services in five years' time. So making sure that we are trying to get category reach is absolutely key. And many senior execs would see above-the-line advertising as wasteful for a B2B brand. So how should marketers respond to that criticism? I get it. When you think about broadcast media and B2B, we're working with much uh, in quite niche categories often. But the way that we buy media has changed now. Obviously, running a TV campaign can feel incredibly wasteful, but now we have um, addressable TV where we can be much more targeted on broadcast mediums. We have digital out of home, which can be bought programmatically, so you can be um, hyper-targeted with that. You have addressable audio where um, ultimately running on uh, buying uh, radio programmatically or buying business podcasts. Um, there's so many more opportunities now for B2B marketers to be using those channels. And those channels are proven to have more attention associated with them. So in terms of brand building, people spend more time engaging with those mediums than they do on, for example, display advertising. So it's really important for us to have that balance and have this kind of attention metric in our consideration set when, when we're thinking about our media mix and making sure that for brand building, we are really thinking about some of those channels because not all reach is equal. Uh, in many cases, it's those channels that have the biggest signals of, of high brand equity. So if you're trying to build equity in your brand, um, sometimes the medium can be the message. Seeing an ad on TV has 
huge amounts of value compared to seeing an ad on Facebook um, in terms of what it signals about the brand. And and can you give us an example of uh, someone who's done this right? Well, I think, I mean, we just won the Grand Prix or the Best in Show at the um, Global Ace Awards for our campaign for Acora. And Acora is a mid-market organization um, that's ultimately an IT services company. They're targeting uh, professional services uh, clients on the whole. Um, So it's a niche audience within a fairly niche sector. Um, And we used addressable TV. We used uh, out-of-home channels for that that campaign. And the CEO of Acora um, talked to us and said that he had the CEO of one of his prospects message him um, at halftime during a football match saying that he'd just seen his ad on TV and how well they must be doing. Um, and they ended up becoming a client. I mean, that's just anecdotal, but um, it shows the power of the targeting that we can achieve now. So I think the Acora campaign for us is, is, is one that we're really proud of, not just because of the media approach, but because of the creative approach as well. One of the other points from the anatomy of effectiveness was be creative. Obviously, we talked about that already, um, and it's what this podcast is all about. But what are the key things marketers should be thinking about here? Well, be creative. I mean, ultimately, creativity is probably the most powerful weapon that we have under our control as marketers. We have to look for ideas that have emotional appeal. And that's the most important thing. We need to start thinking about what the, that emotional response is um, in marketing. And the most powerful one, System One's shown that we have seven basic universal emotions that we show as human beings. And the most powerful ones or effective ones that we show when we're engaging with advertising are happiness and surprise. And now within happiness, you have different layers of happiness. But ultimately, um, that happiness could be about inspiring someone it could be about making someone laugh it could be about making someone smile it could be about making someone feel at ease and feel peaceful but those are all um, emotions that relate to making someone feel happy when they engage with your advertising and it's been shown that um, ultimately having that emotional response um, is what makes us remember the ad we don't tend to as human beings we don't tend to remember rational communications because they just go over our heads unless you're in that buying moment you know and you're actually actively looking for that that brand or product or service and it it hits you at the right point so it's all about timing but generally speaking if someone's not in market to buy your services which in 95 percent of the case they won't be in b2b um then using emotion is going to help them remember your ad and ultimately build that those memory structures for future growth. Yeah, sometimes uh, people remember creative ads, but maybe not necessarily the brands behind it. How do you keep the two locked together? How do you keep them in sync? So that's really the fifth point of the anatomy of effectiveness from Walk. And they talk about plan planning for recognition. So ultimately, there's nothing worse than running an ad everyone enjoying it and then afterwards you ask someone who viewed the ad um who 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 was the brand and they're like i have no idea and that happens so frequently so ultimately it's it's all about creating distinctive assets so um distinctive assets are are those elements of a brand that make your communications work harder they make it recognizable so that could be your brand colors um your logo obviously is a very important distinctive asset but beyond that what is it 
um, Nike's tick or their slogan, just do it. You have your different creative styles. Brand characters have been shown to work really well in terms of creating fluency. So you think about the M&M's characters or Tony the Tiger, even um, like running a character over time that's a human being. Um, J.R. Hartley, for example, from the old Yellow Pages ads. Celebrities and celebrity endorsement um, can also be working work well, like Kevin Bacon that you associate with with the three campaigns. Um, so there, there are very various different things that we need to be thinking about, but having that consistency in terms of those distinctive assets and making sure that we're committing to them over time is really important because they build familiarity. So when you uh, engage with a piece of communication, it takes you much less time to uh, make the connection between uh, the brand and the communication itself. So ultimately, you are getting much more value from your marketing because people are noticing that it was a communication from a specific brand more frequently. What's the relative importance of emotional versus rational messaging in B2B? So it goes back to that long and short uh, piece. It goes back to the brand building versus um, sales activation. So you can think of sales activation being uh, in market buyers and there you have a rational message Brand building is for out-of-market buyers, so future buyers. For them, it's about an emotional message. Um, sales activation is narrow targeting, whereas, whereas brand building is about broader targeting. And sales activation is really sales metrics versus memory metrics. And that's the key thing here. So there's a role for both. Um, but it's definitely further down the funnel, you're more rational and uh, higher up the funnel. It's de- definitely much more of an emotional message. But at the moment in B2B, I think we're still, as much as we talk about emotion, and emotion's been a key topic for for years now, I can't see many brands really getting that right. Mm. And I think that there's a a huge misunderstanding around what emotion in marketing means. Um, In many cases, I, I say this frequently, I think, in many cases, I've had conversations with marketers that said, oh, we, yeah, our, our marketing's become more emotional. And then you look at it and it's a, a picture of a dad holding his son's hand, walking uh, towards a sunset through a cornfield. And it's just not, that's not what we mean by it. It goes back to that emotional response. It's about making someone feel happy when they're engaging with your advertising, surprising them, doing something which is going to make, make them sit up and get, uh, take notice. Making sure, I mean, ultimately, if we could get people talking about your advertising, then that's, or sharing it, then that's going to be the most effective outcome um, from anything that we do as marketers. I feel like we could keep exploring this for another hour, but uh, we've got we to gotta move forward. So I'm going to move us on to the rapid fire round where I'm just going to throw a couple of choices at you and you can just tell me from your gut which one you prefer. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Number one, advertising or ABM? Oh gosh, advertising all day long. <laughs> Logic or magic? Magic. Brand building or lead generation? Brand building, it's clear that brand building is much more effective than just focusing on generating leads. What's the problem with B2B right now? I think a lack of investment. Um, We need to be investing more and investing for growth. And how would Don Draper fix the problem? It's difficult because Don Draper was a creative and it's about having strategic conversations. But ultimately, Don Draper would be in the boardroom 
I guess, trying to convince people to about the power of, of creativity and the power of advertising. Um, and in those days, actually, ad- advertising agencies had a seat at the boardroom table with the CEO. So it would probably have been a lot easier for him to, to make a change in those days than it is for marketers these days. Great answer. Uh, if you could tell all CEOs to read one book, what would it be? It's a difficult one. I think I'm going to go slightly off track with this because it's not really a book, but it's, I'd say, um, pick up a copy of the IPA Effectiveness Awards um, 26th um, edition, which just came out. It's It just it's showcases all of the awards that won um, this year, but it takes you through the case studies and really shows the value that, that advertising um, can bring to, to, to brands. Um, it was just... I think it'll be a really valuable read. What's your favourite Don Draper quote? I think last time I was on the show, I said that um, if you don't like what's being said, change the conversation. Uh, I still love that one. The other one is success comes from standing out, not fitting in. And in B2B, I think so many brands just fit in. They just look like each other. And there's a huge opportunity for brands to take a lead now by doing something that has real standout that's a great place to leave it. All it leaves me to say is thanks so much, Cosmin Gidas, for a really insightful, fun chat. It's been an absolute pleasure, Stuart. It's, it's always great speaking to you, and, and I really love being on the show. Great stuff. Well, we'll see you next time. So uh, for everybody who's been listening, thanks so much for your time, and I'll see you next time on B2B Needs Don Draper.